0: Welcome to another episode of Bring Your Own Popcorn. What we lack in education, we make up for with rants, raves, and rambles. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we force our opinions upon your ears. Listener, beware or be aware. Know thy episode title or description, for spoilers may lurk within. For example, in this case, I'm interviewing a good friend about Star Trek Into Darkness, which I think has been out long enough um, that you shouldn't be spoiled, because you should have already seen it, since most of the world has. Um, There's also spoilers about other Star Trek-related things, um, just so you know. But... Uh, have fun. It goes on pretty long, so hopefully you're geeky enough or Star Trek-y, Star Trek-y or Trekker enough to enjoy. This time, uh, we are going to interview Ben with his Star Trek encyclopedic knowledge. Hello, Popcorn Popcornites. My goal for this episode uh, was to find some fans of the original series, because I have not really seen the original series, and so I watch the movies without that background. So, I wanted to get people's opinions who have seen the original series. I did get uh, an expert source, although it turns out that he's not such a fan of the original series. But uh, can you? Um, this is Ben Benjamin. Hi. Do you prefer Benjamin? Sir, Shub- <laughs> Sir Rucham? I don't know. how, is uh, your name French? Ben, ben. Is, is fine. No. Ben is what we're going to call him.
1: And it is not French. It's just not for French. The
0: no. How do you say it? Roushames. Roushame. It's not French? What is it? Russian. Russian. Ooh, say it in a Russian accent. <laughs> Ruhamas. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh, so that that gives us good material to talk about um, Chekhov. Anyway, so what is your experience with the, the more original, traditional Star Trek?
1: Well, I think like most people who were born after, I don't know, 1980, I mean... The original series is pretty boring to anyone who's seen, at least to me, has seen the next generation especially, but Mm. anything that dates after that, I mean, it's very dated.
0: I don't think so. I mean, it is dated, but I guess I find a strong comedic um, aspect to it that makes it very enjoyable.
1: It definitely was funnier than than, the next generation or anything to come after it but it i found it to be really dull in a lot of places really it's just because it was old and dated
0: so how many like how many episodes of the original series have you seen approximately because i've seen like six 25 maybe really okay so that's good you've seen a lot more than me
1: yeah no i mean i wouldn't i've definitely skipped over it Mm. plenty of times
0: okay but you've seen the movies, you said.
1: I have seen all the movies. All of many them. Many times. Oh, okay. Since I was a child. Since I, you were a child. I saw the movies. I mean, when I was a kid, you couldn't Netflix it, so, you know, it was, they showed reruns. What like, is this, Dark Age? I you know, show sometimes <laughs> on some channels, but the movies I definitely saw, like, with my dad when I was a kid, many times. I love the movies. Okay, awesome. So maybe it's just from seeing the movies... I don't know. Compared
0: to, because oh, okay, they'd be more cinematic and more epic and yeah. probably less cheesy. Higher quality,
1: I mean, to a nine year old kid that's like, I don't
0: know. Yeah. Years away. Well, kind of like maybe like First Contact. Have you seen that one? The, the Star Trek compared. I mean, that movie's amazing compared to.
1: Star Trek First Contact? Yeah.
0: That's that probably movie. the
1: best Next Generation one, right? Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, Compare that to like seasons one through three, and it's not really. It's definitely better. Well,
1: no, it's miles ahead. I mean, it's like, the, I mean, not that I agree with this, but I, I can see it's the same way that like kids now, I've seen it with, you know, kids that love the new Star Wars movies, mm, but they yeah. don't get the old ones. They're not interested. They're yeah. boring and the special effects are crappy and they don't relate because... We're going to a dark
0: place now. Okay, let's, let's <laughs>
1: stay close to the light.
0: <laughs> okay, so... um Start me off, just just tell me like your thoughts on the movie. I can tell you my thoughts too, but from a actually no, I'll start. Thank you. Um, <laughs> cause you you're welcome. You'll have the more educated uh, response, so I'll just go ahead with my non-educated response.
1: That's the first time everyone anyone's ever said I have more education.
0: <laughs> Star Trek education. Anything. Geek cred. Um, so for me, I loved the first movie. So I went into this yes. one with good good feelings. I wasn't going in with a negative perspective. I wasn't going in cynical, even though normally I, I am. Um, I trusted J.J. J. Abrams. <laughs> I, put, I put my faith in him. Um, and I was just counting on it being awesome. Um, and I went to see it the day that I went to see it because I was in a terrible mood. And I was like, well, now is the time to go see Star Trek. That'll cheer me up. So that, I was worried that that might have colored how I felt about it, because I ended up not enjoying it. Um, right from the start, I kind of was spacing out, and I felt like it never gave itself time to breathe. It it felt um, contrived, I guess. And I found out later what really made sense to me is that J.J. Abrams is not a Star Trek fan. He has no interest in in any of it he's doesn't he's not excited about it which when i found that out it was really really sad i didn't find that out until after i'd seen this one um and that makes perfect sense because you can feel that in in this one agree i, I mean think. it
1: makes perfect sense and i think it's the reason why he was a perfect person to direct the first movie which is a reboot and a revamp and a whole different direction for the whole you know series mm-hmm. but it might be a terrible reason for him to keep doing them yeah because the first one was inspired definitely it one. was very inspired and it was very focused and it was very tight mm-hmm. but those are pretty much all things the second one really didn't seem to. Be. yeah did it no, seem any I mean. better the second time you saw it
0: no uh even more so i kept finding myself thinking of non-star trek things and i kept trying to i i was worried that it's just like my add mentality of of my generation but I think it really just wasn't very good. I think it wasn't just me. Um, cause yeah, it doesn't give itself space to breathe. It's just like action, 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 emotional moment, action, action, action. Um, and then the, what I've been calling it is fan pander. Cause like the little, the metaf- like the metaphors that Dr. Um, bones <laughs> is always throwing out and all this stuff, you know, like the little lines that even yeah, that, I, I haven't that seen. that seemed
1: very contrived. Yeah, I cause think. And the whole point, I thought, was that it wouldn't have to be contrived. Right. The whole point was that you could use, like, the characters as a base and would not have to follow anything. The whole point of, like, I mean, they used a great plot device to give themselves total freedom to do whatever they Which wanted. Which one? You mean con or? No, in the first, oh, in the first uh, one. movie with right. the wormhole and the, mm-hmm. you know, time, Whatever.
0: Whatever. <laughs> the time whatever the time whatever the time (laughs) the
1: thing that they gave themselves license in a very clever way i thought in a very legitimately star trek way Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to do whatever they wanted Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it and if what they want to do now is to take old star trek plots and simply do them slightly differently with throwing in the uh, you know bones saying is signature right. line i mean that's just going to be really dull
0: right and that's what i was thinking from the standpoint of someone who hasn't really seen the original series even i knew all these these right. cliche lines well they're like
1: cultural yeah touchstones now almost and like, then and it, so it really you know, seemed i'm not a blankety blank i mean I'm <laughs> yes. a doctor not a whatever you, i mean that's right it's cliche now and 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 to throw cliche to use clichés in, in a Something that kind of has the potential to be so awesome in the rebooting this whole Star Trek mm-hmm. franchise. It's just, it seemed kind of contrived and cheap.
0: That's where I felt the the fact that he's not really a fan came across. Because it's like he kind of harvested... Fan pander. He harvested what he knew would get the laughs, well, and, and well, both well, times I, I watched mean, it, people were laughing at that.
1: And It'll be interesting to see in a couple of years when the new Star Wars start trickling out. I mean, Star Wars oh, and God. Star Trek, everyone know, knows, kind of like hand-in-hand, mm. hand, the par- Paramount geek mm-hmm. science fiction fan mm-hmm. thing. But, but I mean, only George Lucas has made Star Wars. Star Trek has been made by... Every, That's true. I mean, even William Shatner got to direct a Star <laughs> Trek movie. I mean... Nice. Everybody's had a finger in it, it, it but Star
0: Trek pie <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs>
1: tastes like diplomacy. <laughs> I mean, uh, and that's that's kind of like where they it's disappointing, I think, for people, and that you can't just turn it into a smash em up action movie, which I, and I don't think it legitimately was just reduced to that, but.
0: It kind of was, and the first one was action, and that's, like, what the made first, it work. It had
1: a lot of ac- It was very violent. I mean, Kirk got mm-hmm. the shit beat out of him a mm-hmm. dozen times.
0: I it didn't happen enough in the second one.
1: And and while the original series was kind of violent, I mean, it wasn't violent like this was violent. You know, it was violent, you know, two-fisted haymakers and mm-hmm. kind of cartoonish, over-the-top violence. Yeah. And, you know, there was, there's a, there's a certain sort of morality to it, you know, and I know it's kind of, it, it might be kind of phony, like, oh, they stop and... Th- think deeply for a few seconds after they blow up <laughs> exactly, a ship out of the exactly. sky or something they kind of like might feel bad about it a little bit longer than in a, in a regular movie but
0: kind idea- of the that, idea that's that like one of the
1: you know themes of and as <laughs> thrilling as it was you know to watch Jean-Luc Picard you know seal an equitable trade agreement between two feuding planets <laughs> like <laughs> That's like one end of the spectrum and this is like one other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And the, the mind I wouldn't say mindless but it was like nonstop, extremely fast-paced and pretty brutal violence mm-hmm. throughout the movie. And I I thought it was way more violent than it needed to be.
0: Mm. Yeah, like I don't have a problem with violence, but that's part of why I kept spacing out is because that you kind don't of have a problem that kind with of violence. oh in movies yeah Uh, because i love like battle royale is all about a bunch of kids killing each other uh kill Bill is freaking amazing but that's part of why i spaced out because if it's not a good action sequence like quentin tarantino knows how to do an action sequence like i didn't like django unchained but the action sequences are riveting whereas this one i just kept spacing out and part of it was that you don't even know who you're seeing sometimes
1: yeah he's a big into the shaky camera thing
0: My producer and, and I um, were talking about that, and ever since you mentioned it, I kind of noticed it. But I, I don't know. I saw a behind-the-scenes thing. I and He was like see. hitting the camera and stuff, oh like <laughs> that, and the lens flare, shaky camera lens, and flare. the
1: lens flare. Yeah, that doesn't Star Nobody Trek gives into a shit. Shaky camera lens. Flare. That's that's for film geeks. Star Trek fans are not film geeks. They're mm. Star Trek geeks. They don't care about lens flare mm-hmm. and blue light and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But.
0: While we're talking okay, about the violence, violence, though. Yes. because um, that's a couple notes that I took. A um, couple things that happened where I was like, okay, what? And that's like where the detachment from carrying comes from. Um, oh, crap. I don't remember when this happened. I just wrote down mass ship casualties because um, there's several times. Oh, when uh, Admiral, Admiral Marcus
1: who was Shoot. awesome by the way The actor Peter Weller
0: He's badass
1: RoboCop He's terrifying Buckaroo bonsai.
0: He's he's a legitimate He
1: villain. was the villain Benedict he was. Cumberbatch Benedict
0: Cumberbatch Bum-ty-bum. You can call him whatever you want
1: Cumberbun Slaptybutt
0: <laughs> Cumberbun Slapty <laughs> No he
1: he was he was great because he was
0: Peter Weller was great
1: Well they were both great They were both great they were, That was one that was probably the best part about the whole movie Definitely yes I mean yes. Benedict, I, I mean of villain. course i guess the whole idea was benedict cumberbatch was a sympathetic villain i mean because most of the time you were kind of rooting for him Mm -hmm, yeah he was like wow he totally has legitimate beef Mm -hmm. and he was totally personable and awesome and even when he was like mowing people down Mm -hmm. he was really cool and he was really smart and he's british and you
0: Mm -hmm. know yeah
1: so but he was like oh he's the parable of You know the darkness inside of all of us, or the human race. Some, uh, you know, but Peter Weller was totally like the true villain. That guy's a dick. You hate him, but he was—I mean, just the casual Mm -hmm. brutality that and 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 was was really—he mastered that. I thought it was really cool, and I was totally bummed out when he got killed. But um,
0: (laughs) which that leads me to my next point. So the first one was that uh, when he first shoots their ship, and he's he's just like "fuck you." Whatever, I wasn't gonna, I didn't really care anyway. Um, a lot of people die. A, a really high amount of people on the Enterprise die, and no one, it never gets mentioned. It's
1: well, the red shirt phenomenon is <laughs>
0: <laughs> they weren't all red shirts though. I saw, no. I, I looked at the bodies. Well, okay. That's what I want to know: is in the original series or in the original movies? Did we? Did you see that? Where just like a shit ton of people will die? And absolutely not. Really? Oh no, not. <laughs> okay.
1: No, absolutely not. Now you would see it, people die in. I mean, you're gonna see people die. at Star Trek. Well, yeah. People are gonna die.
0: But on that scale, it's and conflict. then to just kind of gloss over it.
1: It. It. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the kind of that just adds to this atmosphere of. It was a very warlike, and and the the thing that also it was kind of a prelude with the Klingons and the mm-hmm, yeah. starting war they didn't really start, but you know that in the other series they did have a war, mm-hmm. and it's like it kind of seemed like it was just getting started.
0: Yeah, which, which is another thing that's not really Star Trekky, which they do reference in the movie where they're Star saying Trek is we're not very really military. very much about peace. Right, I mean exploring
1: and you know. Kirk and and Khan spent the whole movie kind of doing the same thing. You know, they were both out for revenge the whole time and mm-hmm. uh, and, then and then Spock too. Is. It was just it was kind of on Star Trek. Like they, that's what makes them different. Mm-hmm. And you might be like, You idiot, you should have just shot that guy instead of placing him onto detainment or <laughs> something like that. But that's what, you know, where the morality sort of thing, we're like, oh yeah, they're better now. They, you know, we don't right. have this wars and starvation and mm-hmm. hunger. We are better now. We, you know, and at the end, they didn't kill Khan. They put him back to in the
0: yeah, put him to sleep.
1: But uh, and there's and, a loud sound. And that there's that sound. No, Th- okay. The warlike atmosphere actually made me think of something that I really thought was interesting and kind of did not belong. In the atmosphere of the film, Mm -hmm. it kind of belonged in the Star Trek part of the film, but I thought maybe somebody threw it as an afterthought, or maybe just as a plot device to get Scotty off the ship so he could get onto the other ship, but... What, was that like some weird parable for like nuclear nonproliferation? Like, he wouldn't <laughs> stay on the ship if he didn't know what was in the missiles?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely like, a plot device. The ship
1: has like la- ph- phasers and photon torpedoes that
0: can like. That was, I did notice but, that oh, too. I don't that know was, what's in those missiles. That so was I, flimsy because his, his sole reason for that was he said, uh,. <laughs> Some this is an exploring
1: ship. Oh, a- no, no,
0: no. His sole reason for not allowing them on, because I did pay attention to that, because I was like, okay, why didn't he want those on again? He says that the warp core is is basically volatile, volatile, and, and if we don't know what's in these, these packages, who knows? But that's not that's really flimsy. It's kind of transparent. Yeah,
1: it was a little thin. I mean, have, have really, have we never been short of some way to scan make up phony scientific things about Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I mean as a plot device there's like 900 ways you could have gotten them off the ship yeah but uh i thought that was weird and kind of parallel parable to um maybe that was just me i don't know No,
0: no no i agreed that was that was something i noticed the first time and the second time um, but getting back to the the lack of for me the detachment that made me not interested. So there was the MASH ship casualty- casualties which they kind of gloss over. They don't ever go back. And you know, the ending is like kind of happy and Crook's like woo we're awesome well, it was, we succeeded. Uh, yeah, and they, they just
1: kind of fast forwarded through the messy part where I don't know ten thousand people got killed as they freaking crashed a <laughs> oh, spaceship right. That's the into thing. San Francisco. <laughs> they freaking
0: destroyed San I Francisco. I mean that ship
1: was the size of the Mission District.
0: Yeah, they show the victims and you. Uh,
1: I mean, and then cut that, to
0: a year later,
1: which is convenient because nobody wants to watch them right. shoveling rubble into a truck for ten hours. But
0: <laughs> but some emotional rubble at least uh, get like get well, me that's interested. Where,
1: that's you know that's where you need to get your your Joss Whedon or something in yeah. there, and and then yes. just you know kill Chekhov or something, and then you'd feel bad <laughs> oh, about don't it. Don't say that because that's what Joss would do.
0: <laughs> he would.
1: He would. Oh, he Joss. and Chekhov. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. You'd be no. lucky
1: if you didn't kill off, you know, Sulu or Uhura.
0: Uh, I could handle her. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> wow. That was pretty racist. See,
0: okay. In the original series, she doesn't have a lot of character development. She does in the movie more so, but well, yeah, she I still mean, just doesn't. I mean, she's hot as hell, but she doesn't. In 1967,
1: I guess it was enough that she was a black woman no, on a oh, TV yeah. show. Oh, yeah. Well, that was
0: badass. Yes.
1: Sure, it's great but um, now she, at least she, I mean, I think it's cool that they made her Spock's girlfriend.
0: That's, I think that's okay. a cool twist. That's another thing we're kind of jumping around on my list of things to talk we're about, but yes, discuss- that's another thing on there. How the hell does that make sense? Did that happen in the original series or the movies? Was there ever any hints, any tension? No,
1: not really. Uh, the, the thing about Spock is, is that He was in the original series, he was Vulcan with a you know a trace of humanity, yeah. And in this one, he's he's the other way around, Mm -hmm. which is cool. It's a great character, you know, conflict kind of personality conflict to watch him struggle between them. They've done it kind of ham handedly. Mm -hmm. He's sort of just like really emo, (laughs) he totally
0: is, and he just just uses the word logical a lot.
1: So conflicted about everything. Uh, but um, I feel like
0: I wish I could not feel.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. It's not like you know these great crises of character really a hallmark of sci-fi action, but
0: I just that I, I, I think
1: it's a cool idea to kind of reverse that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I, I guess yeah.
0: Well, my thing with Spock and her was that uh, Spock's my guy. He has my heart. Um, Spock but or, or? Spock has my heart. Okay. The character. Oh, I mean, Zachary Quinto is, Zachary is adorable. Quinto. Although his bangs are way too much. Um, but there was just not really any, I didn't see the chemistry between him and Uhura. Like, there's a moment where she kisses him and he's deadpan. And, and I had the moment where I was like, well, Zachary Quinto's gay. Because <laughs> she's totally devoted to him and she's super hot and, and she kisses him and it's just like there's nothing there and so I don't know why I'm supposed to be invested in this relationship
1: yeah well I mean it's pretty unusual to have real on screen chemistry between mm. two people you I guess so it,
0: as far as movies go a lot the of the cast of well. this
1: you know that bridge crew the the people there don't have uh, you know you're trying to measure it against this Like, I don't know when the the show, what, it was 67, 68, 69, I think was when the original series was on the air. Mm -hmm. And then in the, um, I think it was the mid-70s, they started, mid-late 70s, they started making some movies. Mm -hmm. And the last one, I mean, they're still in Star Trek movies. So they've literally been together doing stuff for 40-plus years. Wow. So then comparing these new people to the kind of chemistry that they have has got to be tough. Because obviously those original cast members have been done a lot of stuff together.
0: Mm, that's true. Even
1: just what they did on screen, they've done a lot together.
0: Yeah. It's pretty
1: good, but the romantic chemistry, you're right, is not super apparent. But, it just
0: felt like to me, she's the only, correct me if I'm wrong, she's pretty much the only woman on the the bridge and yeah. so they well, had they've to got throw her at someone Well,
1: and that was how the original series was There was a lot of miniskirts
0: Yeah, but she was the only woman on the, on women, the bridge, right? And, and yeah her But they weren't in relationships Like, token skirts is cool But like to try to throw them into a, a Well,
1: her and Kirk had the first interracial on-screen kiss
0: Awesome! They should have done that in this movie history, supposedly Scandal
1: But I guess I guess my point was that um, Spock and Uhura throughout the two movies have maybe two, three minutes of screen time on mm-hmm. screen together. I mean there's
0: Right, which is why I don't s- care. There's
1: eight people <laughs> on the bridge crew. There's eight characters or, you know mm-hmm. uh, that are together as an ensemble. So the interpersonal dynamics between each of them which is something that you kind of s- get a hint of but you still don't see it fleshed out mm-hmm. in the series or the movie you see it, you know. The, the main one is Kirk and Spock. Right. That's the relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not Spock and Uhura. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a distraction necessarily. It's a different tack. And the the relationship between Spock and Kirk is is really forced.
0: Bromance. Oh, it's in in really in the *Into Darkness*. In in, in yes. both new ones. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't remember the first one.
1: You know Duh. they. They've got some bro love going on, <laughs> but I don't know what's fueling the fire.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the other thing, is that they didn't know how to make the the, the sparks this between and This just feels and right. Hair. And then, yeah, in the second one, there it's just constantly Kirk kind of being the desperate girlfriend trying to get Spock to feel something, and he just doesn't until he dies. Yeah, well, that's, that's one of the
1: biggest <laughs> things about this movie is that Kirk is such a little bitch.
0: Mm-hmm. That was my other thing, is that he's... He feels two dimensional because he's so over the top, and that was my question: is in the original series and the movies, is he that over the top? Is he like super mega hero, constantly just throwing himself at everything? Well, he,
1: that's his problem: is that he's not William Shatner.
0: Mm. Was he like that? Is he? Because
1: William Shatner is totally comfortable being a sleazy douche.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: and he does it excellently. He makes you love it. <laughs> I mean, Shatner is, you know, he's, Shatner. You mean, he's a, Shatner. He's a. He's a. He's a Shatner. I mean, the the on screen, and that's that's kind of like an interesting thing. Is like your on screen persona, you know, the actual character of Captain Kirk, and then William Shatner. Like you have mm. to separate those two, obviously. And oh, you
0: shouldn't have to. I mean, when it's when the casting is excellent, that should there should be a blending. Which well, I, I mean, mean,
1: for the actor for uh, Chris Pine mm. playing Kirk, mm-hmm. he has to not. William Shatner. William Shatner mm. and he does a pretty good job of not being William Shatner but it <laughs> he makes him an excellent job it makes that. it he does an excellent job of not being William Shatner it just makes him a lot less charming
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he just I don't know he's not charming enough to, to make us really like the really stupid shit he does mm-hmm. he does a lot of really stupid shit <laughs> that Kirk wouldn't do and I know that he's younger mm-hmm. than Kirk is supposed to be but it's not as compelling
0: right Agreed.
1: Almost none of the characters are compelling, except for Simon Pegg, who's probably about yes. ten times more compelling than Scotty. <laughs> he totally is. And, he's
0: a star, really. And, I mean, in this movie, and Benedict Cumberbatch. And then in this movie, Benedict an Cumberbatch. Villain. And
1: for that matter, uh, Peter Weller. Yes. I was more attached to Peter Weller than I was to almost anybody else in the movie.
0: Spinoff, Benedict, Peter, and <laughs> Simon Pegg.
1: Yeah, that's ex- <laughs> that would be fun. That it would, would be, be
0: interesting. But Speaking of Scotty, my other question was let's in the original speak series. Of yes. What? Let's speak of Scotty. Speak of, speaking of Scotty. Okay, I can't. No, let's not go that way. Um, speaking of Scotty, does he have an alien slave in the original <laughs> series?
1: That is a definite negative.
0: In any of the movies. He does
1: not have an alien what slave. What the hell? With they, never eyeballs e- on
0: <laughs> they never explain that. There's just a little. Well, There's just this little alien slave that follows him around and he's constantly yelling at it and acting like it can understand or communicate with him.
1: You know, children and puppets are the last resort of desperation. <laughs> and he, while, while this person, alien thing is neither, it is a real person. Midget. Um, <laughs> not that midgets aren't real people. Just
0: No, you said it was a it real person. It is a real person. short person. Continuing.
1: Um, I don't know why they included him in the second film
0: it's Me neither. not really necessary um, my my theory is that because um, you know he keeps yelling at him and acting like he can under, they can understand each other in reality he, you just see him staring at him you don't know that he can understand him i think he must have uh, or he or she alien thing must have um put spawn An into alien, alien scotty love spell. alien love spell um, and I think he's just waiting for that day when it bursts forth, and so he's got to take care of him. Until see, know that would be an interesting around.
1: direction to go. Yeah. I would, I would see that.
0: Plot twist. It no, might I Chumalan thought he style. was.
1: I thought he was cool in the first one, but like he was cute. He could have just. They could have just left him there. Yeah. I mean, you can't add anybody to the crew. You, I mean, I mean, I guess you can, but nobody's gonna give a shit about a funny-looking crocodile alien. <laughs> Um, maybe I think
0: maybe it was their effort at like an R two D two type thing, like where you can't understand it, but it's cute, and so uh, everyone gets the laughs. God. But yeah, no.
1: Yeah, and um, which leads me to another um, question: What's with the Klingons? What's with them? What's with the helmets?
0: Their helmets are awesome. Was that in the original series?
1: No. Well, no. They look like. <laughs> They oh, they're like, just dudes? They they're like just dudes, dudes. huh? <laughs> in original series, they were, oh. just, they were just Russians. I huh. mean, it wasn't <laughs> even like Russians. an allegory. They just were Russian. huh? It's like, these guys are dicks.
0: They don't have helmets, like, even They'll in the movies. They'll get the best
1: of them every time, even though they're, you know, slightly devious.
0: They're just the dark side. Yeah, basically. The I mean, I think
1: the their ears thing. were kind of pointy, but they had no brow ridges or anything like that.
0: My theory watching the movie, because I didn't know any backstory from the original series, was because um, they have the helmets that are kind of like looks pretty tight on their head and then he takes it off and he's got like weird little piercings in his ridges so my theory is maybe they somehow evolved themselves to have the ridges which doesn't really make sense if you're looking at the next generation because I'm pretty sure they're born with them because if you look at Worf's kid
1: absolutely well it's one of those things that never got you know they look way cooler in the modern Star Trek you know next generation they look so much more badass Mm -hmm. with the big old
0: I like the helmets. You know, I'd wear that.
1: Seashell brow, but <laughs>
0: seashell brow.
1: They uh, they never really figured out a way to explain it. Mhm. In fact, there's an episode of Deep Space Nine where they go back in time to the Tribble episode. I'm sure you heard of the Tribble episode.
0: Yes, holy shit! I've seen that episode. That's one of like six that I've seen. And um,
1: <laughs> so the in Deep Space Nine they go back in time to that and they have to. You know, <laughs>
0: this makes you want to watch deep space nine it's actually Not kind of an
1: interesting deep episode because they cut in scenes of the old of the actual triple episode with the new and they but Worf has this hood on and they go okay Worf, <laughs> what the hell happened because like they see they're like those are klingons and they're like what the hell happened he's like you know we don't talk about it
0: oh does he really say that like yeah. what does he really say
1: I, I think he says Does he just take a, out his It's a Klingon thing We don't talk about it with People Klingon. who aren't Klingon
0: <laughs> Nice and,
1: and that's how they Explained it But I mean clearly They look like Completely different Aliens Yes Um So just the fact that They tried to address that Was kind of weird Like mm-hmm. we'll just put Hats on them <laughs> Maybe no one will notice Well
0: he does take it off But yeah I I was confused about that For sure Um my last note, a thing that I wrote down that I wanted to bring up was um, going back to lack of emotional attachment to the horrible things that happen. Carol Marcus, the Admiral's daughter, is about a foot away from her dad when Khan takes his hands and explodes his head. Squish, grips it until it explodes. Was it
1: before or after he crushed her leg by stomping on Khan
0: that? first crushed her leg. And then yeah. explodes her dad's brain, presumably all over her, although there's no blood on either Khan's hands <laughs> or anywhere on the ship.
1: There's generally a conspicuous lack of blood in Star and Trek movies. And
0: she screams, and then that's it. She doesn't cry. Uh, next scene, she's fine. She's She makes a little quip.
1: Star Trek characters generally receive therapy <laughs> in off-screen <laughs> moments. Um, yeah, it was a brutal movie. I mean, I think we already kind of talked about that. Right. It was a It was a brutally violent film in some places I think obviously our standards have changed a lot of, I mean we can talk about movie ratings but you know people get shot in every Star Trek not in every episode but in every movie
0: yeah but he didn't shoot him people he, get shot he physically he made close intimate physical contact
1: and that's kind of, the point of crushing. different and, and, and you won't see an episode of the next generation or the original series where someone is Killed in such a brutal, personal fashion, without yeah. that being an extremely important thing. Yeah. Um,
0: Isn't there? It was a little trivial. I mean, it was, it was, it was. It made me think of some other movie. What's there's some other movie where someone kills someone like that. Do you do do you know which movie that is?
1: Like crushing their head. Yeah,
0: exactly that. Cause like I remember that's something that like kids in the hall. <laughs> kids in the hall <laughs> not that one Crushed although that does heads. hurt me uh no because <sighs> that's like a particular that's like a really really i think uh being a human that's because like you can you sort of associate your brain with who you are your brain and your heart so anything that goes there is like particularly brutal like um indiana jones and the Temple of doom like reaching into their chest and pulling out their heart that's like that's what made them invent pg-13 so the heart or the head that's i know there's some other movie where it has that and it like i saw it as a kid and it freaked me out maybe it was blade runner does he do something like that in there Blade Runner. have you seen blade runner
1: yeah i love blade Runner. there's some head
0: touching in there i think there's some, some head touching <laughs> some painful head touching
1: well i think i i think the bottom line one of the main things i don't know if anybody else has talked about it because I'm sure a lot of people talk about this movie, but it was it was definitely the most violent Star Trek movie I've ever seen. Oh, you think? The the first one, you know, that started with an act of mega violence, right? This whole ship gets blown up, right? This I innocent. don't remember.
0: I remember him, like, riding a car super fast in the desert. Well, before exciting. that, the
1: opening scene, when his father and his mother are on the ship and they get attacked by the giant spiky Romulan,
0: this yes. looking
1: ship, and anyway like that was an act of total like depravity and violence mindless mm. killing of lots of people but it was like a big deal and then it was like an emotional I mean you felt like like holy shit like 900 people just died and then in the later in the movie like they killed an entire planet mm. an entire planet and they didn't underplay it so much. As, I mean, they didn't gloss over it. Like, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it, this one, I guess, it just seemed a little bit more, it's like, all right, we're gearing up for the battle, mm-hmm. sort of, for a, which I think is what you're going to see in the next movie.
0: Oh, I hope he doesn't make another one. hopefully he's too busy with Disney and Star Wars to make well, another Star Trek.
1: you know. Who knows? Maybe Joss Whedon gives a shit about Star Trek. He probably doesn't.
0: <laughs> I hope he sticks with Marvel because he's doing good there. Yes, <laughs>
1: definitely. But um, it, it it was kind of disappointing for me. The bottom line was that the first movie was inspired. And the second one was pretty rudderless.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think I think that really came from the fact that he wasn't a Star Trek fan. Well, he was
1: just a director. I mean, somebody else wrote the screenplay. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, no matter which way you cut it, they rebooted the entire franchise. Mm -hmm. They gave themselves artistic license to do pretty much whatever they want and they could explain it in a very cool, clever, very Star Trek way. And they made a great movie. And then the first thing they do in the second movie is replay they basically remade Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan mm. and just sort of changed some of the detail now right. i should say it changed most everything about it but the main crux of the movie the fact that spock dies saving the ship they just made it kirk right they even had him say the you know the line mm-hmm. and it was
0: very very m night shyamalan
1: it's like if they're just going to rewrite all the things that happened to him, it's a waste of rebooting the whole series.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I, I heard someone point out, too, the similarity between the first movie, um, the chemistry between Kirk and uh, his dad figure. Um, Pike. Pike, yeah. Uh, the same thing basically happens where he's like, I'm disappointed in you, but it's okay, I love you. And the same thing happens. And of course, they oh, and bring it his, up against And so then, they then they his dad him. dies again. You know, right. His father figure dies
1: again. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, he's pretty well on his way to becoming a serial killer. <laughs> yeah uh, instead of a hero <laughs> he's just not that a, the confidence and the arrogance and the talent like the balance of those things like it's seems precarious. to be veering wildly all over the place mm-hmm.
0: and just like the movie that pretty that pretty much sums up the movie
1: yeah veering all over the place mm. okay
0: last thing I want to bring up, that kind of to go away from um, Star Trek a little bit, did you see Iron Man 3 by any chance? I did. You did? Okay. Speaking
1: of children and robots being the last (laughs) desperate act of the (laughs) totally desperate director.
0: Yes. Um, Well, I won't get into Iron Man 3 because I could talk about that for a long time. The one thing that I did want to address, uh, I was talking about with my producer and um, our friend... Katie, Lady Lamus, Mesmero, Chaos with a K, the twenty-second PhD, and some other phrase. Yeah. Um We were talking about the allusions to terrorism in Iron Man three, yeah. and then I was noticing the parallel in that in in Star Trek, which I was telling them I didn't relate to at all. Like it it totally bored me in Iron Man three to be bringing up this kind of terrorism aspect and making the uh the the Mandarin look like uh ben laden um
1: the mandarin was the best part of that movie (sighs)
0: that's what everyone says and it wasn't
1: i mean i should ben kingsley was the best part of that movie he could have been a freaking hot dog on his
0: own yeah but i
1: mean the character was awesome i thought he was awesome
0: i didn't care for the character um
1: i thought the fact that the character turned out to not be in fact a middle eastern terrorist but a puppet of a american corporate tycoon, mm-hmm. power-hungry, little maniac scientist guy was just weird.
0: Yeah, I didn't care for it. it kind felt of in
1: the same way that Khan is a white guy.
0: Exactly, right? And his last name is like Nunyan Singh or something. Which is um, fine.
1: I mean, I guess it would be pretty awkward if he was an Arab or Indian, <laughs> God forbid, an Indian, which I'm oh pretty God. sure Khan and, well, Khan is probably Persian. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I can see why it's safer to go with a white guy, right. And Benedict Cumberbatch was a great actor. Mm-hmm. he He just was totally awesome. He is great. but uh, the parallels to terrorism are getting a little stale,
0: right. That's what I was saying is and and what I was reading, I was reading like various people's reactions, like I was trying not to get too deep into them, but um people were they have they've had a positive response to both Star Trek and Iron Man and people keep bringing up that terrorism thing and saying oh we can relate to that cuz it's on the American psyche and I completely disagree I don't know if I'm out of touch but I was I was saying on um, Daniel and Katie's podcast blipcast that I think on the American psyche is dystopia and apocalypse and trying to figure out what we're gonna do when we when we this life of comfort ends and I think that's more what's on well the minds sure we're trying to figure scenes. out what
1: it's going to be like not what we're going to do right nobody knows what the fuck they're going to do
0: right and that's exciting and terrorism isn't I terrorism, don't is sexy, no. <laughs> <laughs> terrorism
1: is not sexy Tag no
0: terrorism is not sexy tagline
1: it is not and um it's not sexy for for anybody for either side for the people that have to live with it or deal with it or perpetrate it or anything it's it's not sexy and it, to it address it in such a flippant mm-hmm. manner just cheapens it and uh, trivializes the fact that I mean Iron Man from the first one has had that kind of that's true vibe to it. It just has gotten worse. Just got worse in the third one. I think it was more preachy and yeah. Um, besides the fact that It was just a stupid-ass movie. (laughs) I mean, Tony Stark without the Iron Man suit can beat up some mutant freak, and then he's got his Iron Man suit on and he can't, and it's like, (laughs) what the hell is persuading these people with freaking fire for blood to, to fight for this guy anyway mm. they're never even like oh he made me he gave me my arm back so yeah. I'm gonna kill anybody uh, apparently, for
0: him yeah apparently it changes their personalities but it doesn't change Pepper's personality didn't
1: freaking bother mentioning it to us <laughs> like I gather that it changed their personalities that movie sucked it sucked with a capital suck
0: I, I didn't hate it but i definitely didn't like it i felt that it was it was out of canon out of character i didn't like tony stark with ptsd PSTD, p s t d p P sd uh, whatever menopause <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but i would buy it in a box set but my point is the whole the the terrorism thing is it's a hack move and i feel like it's it's kind of like all the it's kind of like seeing the like military commercials that are trying to recruit you, and they use GI Joes because they're kind of like t- trying to well, tie entertainment into. Well, he didn't even really perpetrate
1: any. Con- I mean, if we're talking about Khan, he didn't really perpetrate any terrorist attacks.
0: Explosion. Yeah, but uh, I know I mean, he I didn't blew even... up
1: the building. Well, and right? then the
0: ships, and then they make the. Ship and then crash he and...
1: strafed all the admirals, and despite <laughs> all of these things that he did, he still came across as a pretty compelling guy. Very true. You kind of had his. You're kind of like, I totally understand why you just do that.
0: That Which, which makes it weird, too.
1: Which, if they're going to, you know, you can't have it both ways. Right. I mean...
0: Can't well, have your cake and blow it up, The too. fact is
1: that when he crashed the ship into San Francisco, he probably <laughs> killed a hundred <laughs> times more people than he killed in his terrorist acts.
0: His library explosive.
1: I mean... He crashed a ship into San Francisco, <laughs> like a spaceship, like mm-hmm. a big assed spaceship.
0: But a year later, they were fine. They'd rebuilt and they had a little ceremony. That
1: was a big deal. Da, 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 da. But uh, yeah, it was kind of weird.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, in summary, <laughs> I would say my feelings on the movie are, um, it just, it, it, uh Tried to reach too far. It was cl- clearly made by someone who didn't have his heart in the inspiration. More, his heart was in the, f- the franchise and creating something new, but just didn't have the the spark. Um, I wouldn't really say that I enjoyed it. I wouldn't buy it. I'd buy Iron Man three before I would buy Star Trek Into Darkness. Wow. I would buy the first one though.
1: Wow. But like I said, as a box would set, buy Iron Man three, not
0: by itself. As a box set, just so it would look nice on the shelf. So, what, what are your in summary? What are your feelings overall in the movie? Oh, also, Spock is hot and check off. Those are my last notes.
1: Check off, dude.
0: He's adorable.
1: The dude can like, is like what seventeen, and he knows how a warp engine works, but yes. he can't pronounce W. I know, I right? Mean, <laughs> give me a freaking break. The special adorable. effects were not that great the lens flare, blue light, all that <laughs> shaking shit is totally overrated. Um that being said, the set design was awesome. The character, the the excuse me the actors mm-hmm. that played the main characters were all are all great choices. Yeah, they're great. And uh Simon Pegg, Peter Weller, Benedict Cumberbatch definitely stand out. Fuck yeah. Stand out actors of that film they could have used a better script. I don't know how much blame to put on JJ J. Abrams. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he put the effort that he put into the first one. I think somebody coughed up a script 3 months before they started shooting and <laughs> they just sort of went with it. Like if they
0: They actually started know, writing it in 2008. Just throwing that out there.
1: I read that they didn't have a script until Right before they started shooting. Really? Yeah.
0: Uh, we must have read different Wikipedia articles.
1: <laughs> well, what time did you read yours?
0: An hour ago, but I didn't exactly read as oh. so much as Skim. Well, mine Skim. was two,
1: years, two hours ago, so it might be completely different. <laughs> um, the, I, I think with the first one, they, they wrote a script and brought the idea to the studio, like brought, like fleshed it out that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one was obviously the first one was such a success, there must have been a tremendous amount of pressure to produce another movie And it just didn't have, it was obviously not the same caliber Mm -hmm. uh, of plot, script, and all the parts, most of the parts were there and they just didn't really fit together quite well. And it ended up being a pretty bad movie. That could have been a pretty great
0: movie. Mm. It was an unfinished Rubik's Cube
1: it it will be interesting to see where they go but i don't have a lot of confidence
0: i've i've kind of lost interest
1: that it will be as great as the f- as as the first one promised the series to be
0: yeah well hopefully he's going to concentrate on star wars and that'll be interesting to watch although i'm very worried um jj yeah he's doing it yeah um so we should probably wrap this up but uh also the fashion was great to end on a positive note the fashion i loved staring at their outfits am i right
1: there's hey retro is is pretty awesome right you know yes. nothing space, like wearing your, <laughs> no, wearing your pajamas to work their, day
0: every day is wearing your pajamas to work day their shoes are great too um so in summary um terrorism is not sexy Everybody loves Benedict Cumberbatch and uh Peter Well is very hateable. Peter Weller. Sorry, Peter Weller is very hateable, and we love him for that. Thank you very much for being a guest and, and geeking out with me about star things.
1: It was my pleasure.
0: Great. Hope to have you back sometimes. Sometimes. Sounds good. Bring your own popcorn. I'm a
1: popcorn frog. I'm like popcorn, yo. I'm a cute little colonel. I ain't all that tall been loving popcorn. Since I I'm gonna make cousin.